You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time for another edition of Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, coming to you live from the first round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. It almost feels like it's been months since we've been in here. I'm here with JP, Jeff Paulus, and Andreas Morris. I've been here the whole time. I've been waiting for you guys. I don't know. <laughs> Dre's on his own time schedule and, and, and just coming here randomly to That's hang right. out. Waiting for us to show up. Wait, waiting for us to show up. You can pick so, the worst place to wait to show up. Oh, yeah, We've had a lot of good times in here yeah. in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we definitely have. And, you know, we're just throwing it out there that there was some... Uh, we had a little bit of an issue with the last podcast. So, uh, from a technical standpoint, and I think I uh, expressed it at the end of the last podcast, my little add-on suggesting that my equipment's a little on the old side and that I should probably uh, make a shift to something a little on the newer side. But you didn't. Well, not yet. Right. We're, we're, no, we're still hoping it goes. On a positive, though, how many other podcasts out there have at the, are at the point where they've released the lost episode? <laughs> oh, I know. And, and we've done that. That's, we've yeah. released the now, lost that's episode. That's the collector's. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Episode it 10 is, right. is now the uh, yeah. collector's edition right. of Rabbit Radio. So we've got lots of things to discuss, lots of things coming your way. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about CSA. Um, JP, in the uh, time we've been away, uh, was in Vancouver for, for meetings with some of the CSA people and some yep. uh, growth in the youth portion of the game. Yep. Uh, we'll obviously talk uh, eddies and where things are at for us. Mm-hmm. NASL, we actually missed the roundup in the uh, last version yep. of, uh, of the podcast, so we'll, we'll definitely hit up on that. So, Dre won. Uh, no, Dre, Dre, That's right. Yeah, Dre won. Taking it out of my portfolio yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course By the are. type of beverage that's in front of them right now, we know. <laughs> No, he's one. Believe it's the most expensive. It's, it's, it's the most menu. expensive beverage on the menu, exactly. Um, so let's kick it off. We, we had some uh, some CSA conversation, both on the men's side and um, oh, I say the men's side on the men's side and the coaching side. Right. Um, we had had a huge conversation about the the newest uh, guy in charge mm-hmm. of development in Jason DeVos. Yeah. Um, whom I heard on a broadcast the other day. He was doing the, the Whitecaps Columbus game. Just, oh, so uh, he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah, so okay. he's still yeah, with TSN. Right. So I don't yeah. know how long he's going to be still with Maybe them. Maybe he finishes before the misses. season with them, the MLS yeah, season be. with them. Yeah, and then which, yeah. Which, would be, uh, which would be a good thing. And yeah. um, oh, hang on a sec. Awesome. I'm, I'm pausing here because the tater tots and the golf balls, <laughs> which are deep fried macaroni balls, so have just arrived. Right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've seen Jason uh, involved still uh, from the media perspective, and then I guess he'll be jumping in as, uh, shortly. I, I would yeah. imagine he's waiting till the I end. I think he's of, doing both jobs, I think, at, at yeah, this point. Yeah, he is. He started. He's, um, he was in the meetings in, in yeah, Vancouver, which yeah. we'll get to. So he was there. Uh, talked a little, bit, a little bit about his role and just wanted to get to say hi to everyone. And, yeah. and uh, he's filling it out. He's going he's gonna to spend his time. He's going to go around the nation and, and talk to people and see what's going on in the provinces before he jumps in and just makes these drastic changes. Yeah, of course. Because not everything's broken. No, and that's, know, the, so. that's the way to do it, I guess, is to you see what everybody's perspective is on their own areas, whether mm-hmm. their own provinces, and then you can make the adjustments from there, which is great. I think that is a good idea unless he's getting in front of, um, I don't want to say the wrong people, but just one-sidedness you know like if he's talking to one group of people that says this is the way we'd like to see it developed um and not talking to another side who's got another idea of how they'd like to see development go then he, he could get the wrong picture from province to province so he's uh, hopefully he's meeting with a whole yeah. big group of, of folks well, i'm sure that's the way it would go i mean it would be the same thing with with us i mean you want to get everybody's perspective first then maybe an overview of what everyone's thoughts are before mm. you get your ideas of how you want to move forward with changing yeah. things yeah. and uh, and making sure that whatever you change is the right thing for for the country. So uh, I mean, yeah. it'll be a good thing. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes when he yeah. makes that uh, when because I'm sure that's like a six month process or maybe even a year. To get through everybody, mm-hmm. I uh, think so. It's yeah. a big country. It and, is you a know, big we country. talk about why he's kind of not doing better, this and that. And um, number one, it's a big country. We can't compare ourselves to Iceland. We can compare ourselves to elements of what Iceland does, but we're not the same. You know, we're the second largest landmass um, on the planet. You know, there's geography lesson. <laughs> and, uh, so, but with that comes a lot of problems. And each province uh, runs their own program. And underneath the provinces, each district runs their own program. And because of uh, bottom up governance, uh, these districts and individual individual associations really hold all the power. Yeah, 
So just the whole governance structure and the funding structure for the national program uh, is going to affect what can happen in a country of this size, you know. Mm-hmm. So Jason's got his work cut out for him, and it's a big country to cover. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, let's let's get into a little bit of the meetings that you uh, were at uh, on yeah. last week. So JP uh, missed out on uh, going to Ottawa, which we can talk about a little bit. That's right. And then from Ottawa, you were... Uh, where did you go after that? Well, I was in Calgary with, That's right. uh, with the kids. That's right. We could talk yeah. a little bit about the that yeah. as well. So what do you want me to do first? Well, let's go, let's go with your... Okay. Let's go in chronicolo- chronicle, chronological chronological order. <laughs> For uh, 100. <laughs> yes, thanks, Alex Trebek. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's discuss how our, our kids did. Right. Uh, the academy was involved with the senior men's mm-hmm. uh, provincial championships here yeah. in Alberta. Um, they went to Calgary. How did things go? Yeah, brilliant. You know, it's um, it was a good trip. So, of course, they, they've earned the right to go because they finished second at EDSA. And uh, so they go down representing them. And we don't necessarily worry about provincials for the kids. We want them to play once a week, which EDSA allows us to do. And that's our priority of getting these kids games. The provincials is a bonus, and the kids deserve to go. Um, given the choice, if it was just my decision, I'd probably not send us there. But at the end of the day, the players have earned it. And they want to represent the club and represent themselves. So uh, we go down there. Um, because of school starting, in, uh, we've lost all of our 98. So our senior players have all moved on. We don't have them. So the entire team is made up of uh, grade 10s and grade 11s. Mostly grade 10s. Which is spectacular. Oh. I, I can't believe that we've got a whack of 16-year-olds playing in I the know. senior men's Yeah, tournament. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the important thing, you know. And it's, it gets um, lost in the, in the mix, doesn't it? it? It does, Dre. It's so bad, you know. That these are young kids, 16 years old. They go down there, and they, they, they played um, in the first game. They lost 2 nothing, but they have played the opposite. With all due respect to the opposition, because they, they're a good side. Our kids were just that good on the day. The best I've seen them play all year. They were probably in around the three to 350 pass count in the first half. Dominant possession game, probably 90% possession, just couldn't score. Fair enough, they're kids. Great chances, though. It's not like it was possession, just, you know, they were going forward all day long. It was yeah. such a fantastic game. We lost 2-0. Fair enough. Uh, the second game, they kept, they went out and they, they won that one against the eventual winners mm-hmm. uh, of the, the gold medal game. Yeah. And then the third game, he played kind of our local nemesis, I guess, um, the Emeralds. Emeralds. The Emerald Imports. It was an all-Irish team. Mm-hmm. Good group of lads. They, they play hard but fair. Uh, and they've given our kids a good game all year. They've beaten our kids both games here in league play. Yeah. And on this one, you know, the winner was going to go to the gold medal game unless it ended in a draw, in which case both teams would play again the next day for bronze. Oh, man. So there you go. So you already, t- you already see what's happening here now, right? I've set this up. And, um, yeah, the boys, uh, they went ahead in the 90th minute on a fantastic individual effort by Marcus Simmons. Great left-footed shot. Finds a far all about it. It was fantastic. Yeah, what a shot. And then... Um, a minute later, they come down. We don't do well to clear a corner. And one of their players hits probably his first goal of the year. Um, I'm sure his eyes were closed and the wind caught it. And he's found side netting as well. <laughs> so there you are. But um, So they've, they've drawn us 4-4. And um, so we've, we've not got a chance to play for the gold medal game. But they ended up with bronze um, through a default, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But credit to the kids because they went down there. And, and uh, the feedback from the players they played against, which are senior men, a lot were ex major league players with uh, the Cali's program, and then even the first team he played were mm-hmm. a lot of ex major league players. And yeah. um, the amount of uh, positive feedback and, and just the comments about our young players from these players that we've played against and how good they are, how young they are, yeah. that you know, and how they play was was fantastic for oh, the program. Great to hear for sure. Yeah, it really was. What uh, JP started out by saying, you know, we'd rather not go to provincials or nationals. Yeah. Can you explain to everybody uh, why you think that's the case? Why you wouldn't want to? A couple of reasons. You know, we're a development program, and at the end of the day, we want the boys in a competitive environment once a week to play. The games have to mean something. We want that competitiveness. But we don't want provincials to be the end goal. And we don't want – because I always wonder about these youth teams, Dre, that they say, well, we're going to go club nationals. Or the youth coach that's a telephone coach that phones all the best players, and we're going to go nationals. We're gonna... So yeah. that's the team goal. So what happens at the end of the year if that team doesn't go nationals? Is the year a failure? Is the year a lost? Was there no success? And I also find that when you have an end goal of a provincial competition, that development takes second fiddle to winning. And winning becomes the only goal. Development becomes a secondary goal. So, yeah, so, that was, so that's one rationale. I'm also not a fan of kids playing four games in four days, which is what's required. Yeah. We don't like to do that. We will take our players to scouting tournaments. 
um, for their benefit, mm-hmm. for the ones that don't turn pro. Uh, but I am I am just against that many games in that many days for the young athlete and what that does to them. Yeah. And when you do get into those situations, especially in the scouting tournaments where it's not necessarily a medal that you're shooting for here, right. do you usually let guys go 45 minutes we do. and then get another set of kids on? We do. We, uh, we go, even, at, even at provincial here, Dre, we, uh, all these players played quite a bit of time. You know, um, certainly some over the course of the over the course of the first two days, yeah. deserved more minutes than others based on play, not based on trying to get a result, but based on play. Mm-hmm. And um, so some are credited. Some are doing what we've asked them to do, and they were credited with more time. Yeah. And some players, um, for whatever reason, chose to maybe not do what we've asked them to do, and they got less time. Yeah. And uh, that's just the reality of yeah, the of the environment the, that they're getting into now. <clears throat> they want to be a pro. It's the nature of the sport. It is at I all. Mean, levels, we're seeing know? it with the first team now, Absolutely. with with certain players that. Uh, are giving their all and they're getting rewarded with minutes and, right. and, and being well, chosen for the 18 and others. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because there are some players that are busting their butts. That's right. And just aren't. It's for, a reality for, of professional for the football. It's reason. a reality of professional football. Yeah. You look at a young player like Ben Fisk, who's been doing ever so well in training. Uh, and because of his training sessions, has earned the right for a start, was given the start, and he's grabbed it. Yeah, you know, taking hold and, of it. And what a fantastic performance by the he youngster! Great. Yeah, yeah, and um, so now he's now he's earned himself consideration uh, to start the next one, and mm-hmm. um, so we'll see the lineup tomorrow. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, so th- that's what you look for in these players, and you yeah. look for them to, to take their chances when they come, but more importantly, to earn the chance in the first place. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that makes total sense. Yeah. So they come out with a bronze. Things are going well. Now you hop on a plane and you're flying off to. Uh, um, you're flying off to Vancouver, to Vancouver. now. Vancouver, uh, yeah. And, and in Vancouver, we're what are we doing there? That was a one day. Uh, that was a one day meeting with um, the technical directors of the three MLS academies, uh, Tony Fonseca, Jason DeVos, and uh, thank you, um, Jason DeVos. Um, uh, Ray Clark was there. Clark. Sylvia was there from yeah. the CSA as well. Then you had all the provincial TDs as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a um, that was a meeting. Number one, I think, to introduce Jason. But to get everybody on the same page with Tony Fonseca and how we're going to build and move forward with an elite player pathway in Canada. Mm-hmm. The groundwork's been laid. I think Tony, Rob Gale, and his staff have done a great job in giving us a foundation and what a player pathway will look like for the elite player. Yeah. And now it's getting provinces on board, uh, the, the pro academies on board, to make sure that we realize that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was informative. Um, learned a lot. You know, I think the benefit of FC Edmonton, is the first the first process in Canada for now players getting identified is a U15 identification camp, and that was the three MLS academies would each send their own program, mm-hmm. and then Canada the CSA would make up a Canadian team yeah. of kids in uh, made up of all the other kids that are not part of an MLS academy, so even our own program we would send one or two players that was it from our group to yeah. go compete in this yeah. when we've always felt we've had more than one or two players of course but they're not an MLS academy we're not an MLS academy. This year we were recognized for the work that's happening uh, and, and the money being spent by Tom and Dave Fath into our academy to make it a fully funded program. Um, I think the amount of young players that are hitting national projects uh, was recognized. And so now for the first time, and after three years of lobbying, we'll go as our own team. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. For How the cool is that? Yeah. How cool is it for the kids to, to now go into a tournament with three other MLS sides oh. and, and be able to play against them and show their qualities? Yeah, that's huge, and I think you're going to end up attracting kids from from just more than just the Edmonton area. You know, yeah. at least central to northern Alberta, um, and obviously Vancouver is yeah. is covering the south. But um, yeah. I think you're just going to be able to get even more kids interested in the program. So I don't know if you're reading my emails or of course not. I am, yeah. So <laughs> first thing no, I do because I that is because uh, it's actually wonderful you've just said that because believe it or not, we've got a, a player from Ottawa. And a player from Toronto flying out here on September 26th for a week of tryouts with our academy. Um, and if they stick, we'll, we'll bring them into our program. So we're not wow. even just talking Alberta here. We're talking yeah, Ontario right yeah, now. That's great. You know, so fantastic. Yeah, great uh, segue into it that. It is a great well, segue. You guys are fantastic, you I know. pretended to read the email. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, that whole, your whole trip sounded great. And, and coming back with the news in particular that uh, FC Edmonton is now going to be part of that academy, MLS yeah. Academy uh, tournament. Yeah. For, um, for for the CSA, it, it, that, yeah. I mean that's phenomenal. Well, when we were in the uh, the in, uh, orientation meeting, I guess you can call it uh, the other week there last week, 
And when you're talking about these these opportunities that the kids are going to get, even the the eyes of the parents lit up. Yeah. You know? right. Okay, they see legitimacy. This is why I'm bringing my child to yeah, this exactly. academy. He's going to get yeah. noticed by schools and by mm-hmm. professional teams. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're yeah. Uh, we're actually going to move into our first break of the uh, of the show here. Our food has arrived. That is the reason for it. So uh, we want to indulge while it's still warm. <laughs> when we come back, there'll be much more to talk about, <laughs> and uh, much more we can talk about since the food is here um so yeah kick back have a little bit of a break enjoy yourselves get yourself a beverage while we're in the break and uh you can come on back and listen to us this is rabbit radio the official podcast of fc edmonton you're listening to rabbit radio the official podcast of fc edmonton and we're back here. It is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton here at the First Round Sports Restaurant in downtown Edmonton. And uh, I have to say, they've been really accommodating for us. So we, we weren't around last week. And uh, I made the uh, error of mistakenly... Well, I just didn't phone. I forgot the phone. <laughs> so I'm a bit, <laughs> of, to make it a, sound a bit of a shit that. for that. But, you know, <laughs> these things happen. And it was just caught up in... Uh, other things uh, in life. So mm-hmm. my apologies. Well, uh, what? Surely you have nothing else going on. <laughs> no, surely no, I don't have surely anything there's going, nothing on. Else going on. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else going on. But uh, I want a good shout out to these guys because first round has been tremendous both in uh, keeping us well fed, well beveraged, yeah. well, uh, mm-hmm. well looked after by the staff I don't here. think it's they were heard no D-Dub. I mean, like I said, I've been here all along. And uh, one thing that's been going on in this room is they call the draft room that we're sitting yeah. in. Have been the NFL drafts. They've had this room packed. So well, I think and they've been happy that we're <laughs> we, we took a bit of a yeah. break. We ended up coming back uh, on uh, the first Thursday of the NFL, right. yeah. the opening yeah. night, and this place packed was house. a zoo, packed house, absolute zoo. Yeah. So, if you do get the opportunity to join them down here on game nights, whether it's the NFL or the NHL, once it kicks in. Fantastic venue to come and watch stuff. There's sports uh, fans everywhere screaming and yelling about uh, goals. Lots of noise, lots of volume, and uh, lots of fun going on down here. So get your butts down here and and check it out. Um, We sort of, in our lost episode, had a, a, a bit of a chat about the men's national team, the soccer team, and the fact that uh, Nick Ledgerwood from FC Edmonton was uh, heading off to play in the two matches, the Honduras match and the El Salvador match. Um, Obviously, those games have happened, uh, and we should talk a little bit about the CSA, Mm -hmm. uh, and in particular the men's team. Mm -hmm. So thoughts, gentlemen, on, on what's been going on, what we can do to change things. Well, the big question I think is on everybody's lips is, is Floro going to stick through this now? Is he going to keep his job? They haven't come out and said anything, have they? No, they've not yet. Lots of speculation. I'm getting my resume ready. But yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. me too. Yeah. But I think the one thing that we can say is, as well, first of all, FC Edmonton uh, employees uh, and, and fans of one particular player, Nick Ledgerwood, had a hell of a game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cracker of a goal in the El Salvador game, too. It was just fantastic. That's what I meant, the El Salvador game. Sorry, I think I said yeah. Honduras. What but, yeah, said? I, mean, I think yeah. I said Honduras. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it just a, definitely man of the match for me. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. You know, and, and he's got so much experience on that team, and you can see that he kind of took the, the guys under his arm and said, look, we, we've got a chance here. And the only yeah. way we're going to get close is if we work our asses off. And yeah. that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Typical Ledgerwood yeah. fashion. Typical Ledgerwood. He's, he's got such a passion for the game in general. But you throw that uh, that maple leaf on his chest, then he's a different, different we're, class. Uh, we're fortunate because we get to see Nick train every day. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I absolutely love that signing for this club. And I, I love that signing for what it does, not only for the first team, because he's been such a key component to our success yeah. this year with the first team. but for sure. But what he gives for the kids in our academy that watch him play week in and week out. And, yeah. and, you know, one day I want to bring the kids out to watch our first team train. And, and I'll say specifically, here's the players I want you to watch. And, you know, Nick's name will be in that. And he is such a good pro. Mm. Yeah. Everything about him is quality in there. And, and I thought, and I had to leave at halftime, unfortunately, to get back, uh, to get back uh, to Edmonton on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that first 45, you know, for me, he really stood out as the captain. When, yep. when I thought of, yep. you yeah. know, Atiba Hutchinson, we can all appreciate what he brings to the oh, table. Absolutely. For sure. Maybe, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the best player to ever play for Canada, Atiba? I, I think he's up there anyway. He's up yeah. there. He's in that yeah. discussion, you know. Yeah. But, but I really thought that Ledge on the day was, was the captain of that group of players. And um, we see it. 
yeah. all the time here as yeah. well and what he brings to the table. So brilliant. I mean, I love it. I love it for our club. Uh, more importantly for Nick because he is a player that you can you enjoy working with. Yeah. So you want him to do yeah, well. Yeah, you do want him to do yeah. well. And, and, you know, the unfortunate side for Nick is that he's getting a little long in the tooth for a footballer. And right. uh, so, you know, might be on the, the back end of his Canadian career. But I think we were just talking about it off air here. I think there's almost an heir apparent in, in Ben Fisk. He looked a lot like him in, the, in our last game. And I just think... The more Canadians that are going to yeah. give you that, the better this program yeah. is going to be. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I think based on the, our last match, um, albeit we didn't win the match, but Fisky was on fire. Yeah, he yeah. was such a quality individual on the park you on look, the day. You look at the two young Canadians, Ben Fisk and Shamit Shom, yeah. and what they brought to the table there. And then you know you look at the leadership in in, uh, in Alleghi. That that's on you know that that's helping guide these two kids mm-hmm. uh, who are getting minutes you yeah. know now that game they both got great minutes in that game and you've got Ledger with there kind of helping them along and, and keeping them in check and talking yeah. to them so yeah you're right Dre it's 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 great to see a, a veteran Canadian player like that part of our national setup helping out these two young future uh, hopefully senior national team players yeah. For yeah. sure. Now, I mean, and getting back to the CSA portion sure. of it and the national team portion of it, yeah. um, what were your thoughts? I mean, the, obviously the Honduras game was... Yeah, I only they, saw they underachieved it. Yeah. They underachieved yeah, they once again. Yeah. And, I, and I, I don't think we can... We, we don't need to soften the blow here. I no, mean, no, everybody realizes sure. it. The, we're, we're a nation that can put some dollars behind a program. We've, we've got plenty of good, hard-working people. I know... JP hates hearing that, but we've got a lot of people who are passionate <laughs> about the sport and want it to become something in this country. Yeah. I find it impossible to believe that we can't put something successful together, and enough is enough. I think I think heads will roll, and they should roll. Now's the time that they should roll, yeah. if they are going to roll. I mean, yeah. here's the natural break. Yeah. But, do you, but do, you, do, you, do, you, do you have heads roll, or... You know, do you to give the guy a bit of time, a bit more time? Because I don't think you are, can. I don't think things you are can. changing, though. Things are changing. It's for the better. Are You're they right. Not? Things yeah. are changing. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, I mean, I don't remember seeing a Canadian men's team like this since. I, I, I remember back. I think it was maybe 1997 when they tied Mexico in, in Edmonton. Yeah. And you thought, okay, we've got something here. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's been a long time. It's been that's a long time. well, that's 20 years ago. Yeah, and and I mean, you see it all the time in European. Teams and 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 you know countries all around the world after some really bad outings, you know, to nixing the the manager. Now we haven't really had any really bad outings. I, I think uh, Honduras was in different performance, wasn't it? Yeah, the last maybe. Game in Honduras was maybe. in a different performance. Well, I mean, they, they'd certainly improved off the last time they were in Honduras. Well, so you got to give them credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. It, Outside of today's Celtic versus Barcelona game, you don't see many results that bad anyway. No, but, definitely not. Uh, you know what? I have some positives. So to take some positives from that, because I agree with Dre, no, no point sugarcoating it. No, you no. Know, no point, you know, being Canadian yeah. and politically correct. Yeah. Because I guess it's nowhere. But, you know, certainly, I guess I am going to be Canadian and politically correct. If I, if I do look at or pick some glass half full moments from that game, I, I did walk away thinking to myself at halftime. That this El Salvador, that El Salvador will never beat us ever again. I truly believe I, that I watching agree. the game. El Salvador will never beat our country ever again in this sport. I believe that. So how do we close the gap on Honduras? How do we close the gap on, on Mexico, on the USA, on these other, on these other countries that we're going to have to yeah. face, Panama and whatnot? So I, I, think, I think the work now is being done across the country. I think that... Um, what is our players' playing style going to be? Are our young players playing that? Yeah. I, I think we're producing better young players. We have a U20 team that was coached by Gailey uh, recently that a lot of people got on Gailey and got on that group of players. But that group of players was, was playing in a, in a CONCACAF qualifier at the worst possible time. They're all coming off of a break. Yeah. None of them are playing football at the no. time. And then how many were getting minutes yeah. where they were playing True as enough. well, right? So it, I think that we're, we're looking at a generation of Canadians coming up now that are technically better than what we've had yeah. in the past. Because, yeah, we are identified as hardworking players. Mm-hmm. And you would assume that every player at the professional level, at the national team level, is going to be hardworking. So that's why I hate the term, because yeah. we almost wear it as a source of pride. Well, we're hardworking. That's, saying, that's like saying, well, we're crap footballers, but we work hard. Yeah. You know, it's like the old, remember the old hockey commercial? Uh, was it Johnny or Jimmy or something? Oh, but I really like hockey. That we lost again. Remember that one? You don't remember that? It was, an Ontario, yeah. it was an Ontario one. So we had more TV than you guys had. <laughs> more, more, yeah, channels. Yeah, yeah, more channels. Yeah, more channels. They but, need um, them all to show yeah, all the Leafs TV. <laughs> I know, but it's like, uh, we lost again. But I really like hockey. You know, are we that in soccer? No, we're not anymore. We're no. not. Yeah, but I re- we're not. 
So, so I don't want to kind of keep hiding behind that we work hard and we're, we're grinders and mm-hmm. this and that because you can find anyone that's going to run. You put a Canadian jersey on them, yeah. they're going to work hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. You know, but now let's get some quality, I, and, I, and we're starting to. You know, I think there's a different attitude, and I mean, the only one I've met, you know, firsthand here is is Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you were you were around some of the guys when you were in Vancouver too. But I mean, Nick, when he came home, you know. Man of the match, scored a goal, had a great game, obviously, right. can feel good about himself. He came back here, and when I saw him and said, you know, it was fun watching you, Nick, he wasn't celebrating it. Yeah. He was pissed off mm-hmm. that they were out. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I don't think – hopefully that's the same same mentality that all those players have. And uh, But I I don't know if we've had that mentality all no. throughout. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. great. I played at an international mm-hmm. level, you know. I got to play against some big teams. Great. Yeah. Now I'm going to go off and do my thing. Nick was pissed off that they're out, and and I think I think there is a. I want to say I think there's a bit of a shift in the way the players from Canada are thinking. Yeah, I, I think they are genuinely pissed off now. Yeah, and, and and not to say that they weren't back in the day. You know, I I think there was a group. Obviously, the group that went to the '86 World Cup, they were hardcore guys who wouldn't take no for an answer type players. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what got them into the World Cup in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, over the next few years, you sort of, was it just because we didn't have enough players playing in Europe or we didn't identify players early enough here or we didn't have the academies that we do now, you know, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years ago? FC's going to save the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be yeah. great. That'd be yeah. great. So my, my thought was just that, you know, uh, things have changed definitely and for, for the better. And I, th- I think... So you're saying keep keep I'm the not people in place who are I, in place now. I'm just saying that we need to follow suit with the way things have gone. And I think the biggest step is making sure that, again, like we were just talking about, FC Edmonton is now, our academy is now going to be part of the other MLS academies mm-hmm. in the uh, in the CSA tournament this yeah. year uh, to, yeah. to yeah. You know, yeah. check out players. Yeah. So I, if we can continue down this path, yeah. you know, hopefully the guys that are at the head – and that are watching uh, for players and looking for players, head coaches uh, for for Canada are going to be you know along the same pathway that Flora was on. Mm-hmm. Granted, if it hasn't worked and it's, we're not winning things, well, and you want to make the shift, you got better find someone that's going to step in and do the same type of stuff in regards to right. but, bringing and, us along. And to be fair to Floro, I think Nick said, and this was yeah. to the media, not to you know not behind closed doors, but yeah. to the media, he's. He said, look, we've learned a lot from Floro. Yeah. So I don't see Nick throwing him under the bus or anything. I yeah. don't know what he actually thinks, you know, when the media is not around. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, he, you know, he said publicly that this team has learned a lot. So I'm not suggesting that Floro is a terrible coach. I'm suggesting that they underachieved. So what has to happen? Mm-hmm. So there's two things I want to pick up on, on, on both of those points, actually, because DW said is the issue not enough Canadians playing in Europe. Um, I, I think the word playing is actually the biggest issue, the regardless key. if they're playing in Europe yeah. or playing yeah, yeah, in the yeah, MLS. Yeah. Is there enough mm-hmm. Canadians playing, mm-hmm. not just on rosters? That, that's number one. Yeah. I made this point at this uh, CSA meeting. We're talking about our U16s, and, and I explained how our U16s play against um, men here in, in Edmonton, and some of us, oh, it's not pro. and this, But they're playing against men. 16-year-olds are playing against men, and Shamit shown for me is the marker on that because the MLS academies, uh, well, two of them play in the U.S. Development League. Expensively, we can't get in anyhow. Yeah. So maybe I'm bitter. I don't know, but but we can't get in. Uh, and it's a good league when the MLS academies play the MLS academies, but they're beating other academy teams down there by eight nothing, seven nothing scores. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, it's 16 year olds playing 16 year olds. For sure. So physicality and all that will benefit the big strong kid, even in those games. Yeah. Whereas our games, our 16 year olds play against men from 16 years old on. Mm. Ours are playing against men. So is there an argument saying? Sorry to interrupt, JP, but is there an argument to say um, you are putting those kids at risk or or risking their development by putting them up against men at right. such young age? No, so I, I, I don't believe that. I, I believe quite the opposite. You don't think that having them play 16-year-old, 14-year-olds, yeah. 16-year-olds when they're 14 and when they're yeah. 16, developing with everybody else is a way to go, you think? Older. I think for the elite athlete, I think that, that club soccer and other types of soccer, program soccer where 14-year-olds play against 14-year-olds is the way to go. Mm. I think when you separate your elite players, and we're talking, when I say elite players, we're talking very few. You know, you think of our, our U18 group for this upcoming year, we're going to have 24 
um, and that'll whittle down by Christmas to about 20, yeah. 18. Yeah. Um, if, if you young lads are listening right now, then obviously you know you got work to do between now and Christmas. So, mm-hmm. But that number will whittle down. So we're talking 18 max elite players in that yeah. age group. Uh-huh. And uh, when you take those elite players and, and play them up against men, the physicality, the physical side of it, if they're a really fast runner in their age group or they're a really strong kid or they matured faster, developed faster physically, that's out of the equation now because they're playing men mm. that are stronger, mm. that have played more minutes in the game to this point. So they're going to be a bit more game savvy as well. Yeah. So now it relies on have our kids, number one, learn kind of the position that we do. And, and we talked about tactical awareness and uh, positional superiority. We use these kind of little catchphrases with the kids, but, but have they learned their lessons? You know, are they playing the way we want them to do tactically? And if they are, they're going to find space to play. And then the second part of that is, are they technically good enough to play on two touch Mm. and to play quickly when it's on to play quickly? We want, obviously, in the right areas, players to dribble. And we give them freedom to do that. But... But are they are they seeing the game fast enough? Are they reading it? They know that if they take an extra touch here, that some 195-pound, 25-year-old is going to come straight through them. Yeah. Well, and, and then you yeah. also have to look at that as a, if that does happen to a young right. 14-year-old who hasn't really hit his growth then spurt he's yet. he's not ready. Well, is he not ready to play against men? But then you take him back to a training session exactly. where he's competing against his, his age, and he's just making him look foolish. That's exactly it. He's, so, still, he's still a kid you want to keep around. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. at the, at the, uh, at the end of the key. day, when you look at some of the guys, uh, our gaffer for one, Colin, was playing with men at 16, mm-hmm. playing against men. Mm-hmm. He went on to play pro. You've got Ledge. Ledge played with men's teams out of um, Lethbridge. Lethbridge. Calgary when he and played Calgary, in the Exactly. So, and he was 16. So I, I don't think there's an issue with a quality younger player playing against men. Mm. If, uh, as if, long as you consider that, okay, he is playing against men, and if he does get knocked around a bit, that's not the end of his not, story. No, not at all. Right? Not at all. It's part of the growth of understanding the game. Yeah, to bring it closer to home for us, you know, and, and certainly Gaffer's a great example. And we all, he's had a great career and he had a great career. Yeah. But to bring it one that the kids would understand because kids don't go to libraries anymore. So they wouldn't be able to read about <laughs> Colin Miller back in the day. Exist? Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh. Yeah. So those old dusty books aren't around. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but to bring it closer to home um, for, for all the kids in our area, certainly is Shamit Shom. And he, I brought him up at this meeting because the MLS academies were there. And I said, I, I give, I've got, there's, there's some envy in me when I talk about the U.S. Development League because I yeah. wish we had something like that to play in. I said, but I honestly can say now publicly that, that I think our 16- and 17-year-olds are better off playing against our senior men in Edmonton than a lot of your 16-year-olds are against, uh, than other playing against other 16-year-olds. And Shamit Shom has played against men since 16 years old in our academy. Yep. And he steps in this year, starts 10 games now, and um, starts 10 games, competes in the, in the NASL, is a legitimate starter in the NASL, captains the Canadian under-20 national, under national team. Yeah. Um, does he do that if he just played U16 soccer? I, I don't know that he does. Yeah, I don't know I, that he's prepared to step right into it. I think role. I think it's you know? a couple of more years of development beyond it, it might that be. before it might he be. would get the chance. Yeah. Alfonso the Davies, there's an exception. Yeah, He's an exception, but, but we're talking for the norm. So to get these kids playing against uh, at an earlier stage. Now, so that was that kind of veered off, way off, because I totally forgot the other point I was going to make. Oh, the other point was about um, Nick Ledgerwood. And because he has said the same thing to me, Dre, about Benito. And uh, he says the players like Benito. Um, they've learned quite a bit from him. He's obviously trained them something different than he's learned in Canada before. So all the senior players that have had different managers throughout the days ha- have really kind of learned some tactical components of the game that they hadn't learned before. So they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I- as far as the Canadian game in general, Nick says that he truly believes that we're so close. He says we're on the cusp of something really positive here moving forward. So when, when you listen to comments from like that from a senior pro that's played under different managers that are national set up, do you blow it up? Yeah. You know, I, because right now we're all looking for blood. Do you blow it up? And I, I, I don't I, I, yeah. I, I'm of the, the thoughts that you keep it. I, I, I don't you know, it may not have been successful, but it's more successful than it's been in a long time. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, I have to take what Nick says as gospel because I'm not there and I don't learn from the guy. And but I just have to base it on what has, what's what we've done with him in charge. Right. Well, we can base it on. You need, you know, you need to score about three or four goals. You don't know the result of the Mexico Honduras game yet, so you need to score some goals to get the goal differential to get it going, difference. Yeah. And I think you're up uh, two nothing at the time, and you put on um, <laughs> Edgar and uh, and Piet. 
Yeah. So is very that, strange. I, I, you is know that, what? I, I when, think, you've, when you've got Simeon Jackson sitting on the bench, we can yeah. even, we can even go know? back further, guys. Right. We don't draw against El Salvador in El Salvador. If, if you don't draw that game, we're not even talking about this. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a great we, point. we yeah. win that game for there, sure. right. and it was a winnable for game sure. to yeah, boot. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you can go back a little bit further, and, and you guys are talking yourself matches. out of keeping him now, aren't you? Well, I'm not saying <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly pointing out. Uh, yeah, my comment there about do you blow it up? It's a legit question. What do you do here? Do you blow it up? Do you bring in? Because I'm all for Canadians. Yeah. I'm all for a Canadian manager, of and course. that, and I've got good, good friends and acquaintances I talk to on social media that would disagree with me. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I seen the names they've thrown out, and you know, like Bob Bradley, for example, mm-hmm. North American, he gets Concacaf. Maybe a good hire, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some Canadians that have done that have been in the MLS. You know, do you look at Wadi as an example that's been there? So there is. I, I preferably, or yeah, preferably for me, mm-hmm. um, I like to see a Canadian put in charge, and yeah. and yeah, at the expense of Benito, I would like to see that mm-hmm. as a proponent of the Canadian game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only reason I, I don't. I've never seen Benito run a session. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen him uh, do tactics. I've never seen him do video analysis. I don't know how he reacts to the players. Yeah. So is he the right manager or not? I don't know. Results wise, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us had hope to make it to the hex. So there's a disappointment. Of course. Um, my my standpoint, strictly on a Canadian basis, uh, to be yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I also think that, and I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down for their heritage or anything last guy in the world to do it but i think communication is so important at that level when you only have these guys for a week yeah a week here to prepare for a monumental game and your communication isn't great because of a language barrier that might not be ideal i I think that's changing slowly but it's it's changing he's learning the language a bit better and again i sound like i'm defending the guy i'm not i'm just part of it's me thinking about our own players and certain players that aren't the best at English, mm. and there's a bit of a learning curve that goes on there that you have to be able to. It's the toughest thing, obviously, for any coach to be yelling yeah. from the sideline in another language. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying of course, to. it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's international coaches who speak very. Well, I'm going to butcher the English language. Very good <laughs> yeah. English. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but um, mm. you know, I just that is a minute thing. That oh, of course, is, that I think but it's has some importance. But, it, but it's yeah. but it's still something that comes up yeah. that needs yeah. to be. Discuss. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll discuss more. Lots of topics coming your way, including our NASL Roundup. This is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. I know there's some topics we'd like to talk about now in regards to the CSA's men's and women's teams, and... Um, More or less how much emphasis is put on the women's side and not on the men's side, uh, both from a monetary end and uh, I I don't know how much. I don't don't know anything about the accounting of the CSA, so I have no idea what goes where. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I think a lot of the female money comes from on the podium. Yeah. And they earned uh, now two bronze medals in a row, so the money will come in for that. Yeah, for sure. Fair play. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the only thing I think I need to address, just yep. to get it off of my For chest, sure. is so after you have the uh, game against El Salvador, and of course we don't go to the hex, um, you get everyone on Twitter wanting to get rid of the men's program. How come the men don't play like the women? How come the men are successful and the women are successful? Uh, the females have Rex program. You know, why not just do that for the men? It seems to work for the women. So I just need to say to everybody, you are comparing apples to oranges. When you were talking men versus women's international football, yes, anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and certainly here in Concacaf, it's apples to oranges. So you're you're talking on the men's side of the game. You're talking the global game, mm-hmm. where Canada are minnows and we're the new nation. If you're talking the women's game, you're talking a new game, where Canada started off at the very beginning and is a, is a power, but it's new. The women's game is new internationally versus. The men's game, which has been around for years. So you mean there are very few power nations that are dealing with the women's program at all or well, funding it exactly or backing I mean. it? Or that's anything. exactly what I mean. You know, you compare the, the funding, um, the following, the resources shared by the CONCACAF nations we have to compete against on the men's side on what they would give their men's program versus the women's program. Mm-hmm. How many of those leagues have a pro league on the women's side? How many of those leagues have a... Um, how many of those leagues have such a good NCAA Division One system for female players to help develop players as well? They don't. Yeah. So 
you know, it's wonderful what our female have done. I mean, I think it's a source of pride for Canada. We can all embrace that. So this isn't a condemnation of our women's program. Yeah. It's, I'm supporting the women's program. My point is all those that want to compare it to the men's program, and it really is. I've worked in NTC. I've seen the boys and the girls' side. I've worked with both genders, and I love working with both genders. Mm-hmm. But let's not start to compare successes of both programs against each other when both um, are so systems different. are so different. Yeah, yeah. So different. Yeah. So that's just, I need to get that off my chest because it a drives problem. me and nuts it, it when ma- I see it. It makes total sense and, yeah. and I totally understand. They both have their benefits and and have different ways of doing things and I know. you can't compare them. No, you just don't compare them. No. Embrace them each separately. Yeah. Embrace the women's national team for what it gives us, which is a bit of soccer pride yeah. at the moment, but let's not compare the men's program and say mm-hmm. that, well, how come the men can't do it? Well, yeah. It's not that easy. Do you think no. a women's a woman's team would women's team? How do you say that? A women's team yeah. would be supported. A pro women's team would be supported in Edmonton. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Possibly. I, I, it's funny because I've heard people say they think it would be supported more than the men's side, uh, a men's team. So, but I. I I doubt that. I, <laughs> well, we all know we need more support for the men's team at Definitely. this point. Um, Definitely. I, I just. Don't see it happening. I think, like JP yeah. says, once you put both products in front of a, a group of fans, yeah, it's going to be glowing obvious. You know, it's going to be pretty obvious. Yeah. There's uh, a difference in the games. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a that's a good question to pose. I mean, maybe we can uh, have that out there and have people touch on that uh, on another day. Yeah, uh, be throw good to question hear from the fans if they would. What, what would their thoughts be? Would they I mean, support? I know Tom Fath would love to hear the answer to that question yeah, because sure. he's yeah. been a strong proponent of a of the female game from yeah. the start. He's wanted us to really. Maybe even focus more on it than we have yeah. already. Well, we Not certainly we, we certainly embrace the, the FC Edmonton's Rex program, which is that mm-hmm. CSA program that yeah. that Tom and Dave Fath fund. Yeah, hundred percent, he supported that for mm-hmm. sure. Here's a question for you because this is uh, I've been asked this seriously as well. By the way, um, how do you think your U16 boys would do against our senior women's national team? Wow, I've I've seen it firsthand. I know we've exactly seen it, D Dub. It's a yeah. rhetorical question yeah. Yeah. for us because you and yeah. I have seen what yeah. happened in that exercise yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, and, I, and that's I've had that discussion with people before myself. Yeah. Like they they actually think that the the women's program would be yeah. head over heels above these kids. Yeah, yeah. no, it, from a from a strength standpoint and uh, and a playing standpoint. Uh, you get an academy 16 team like mm-hmm. like ours, yeah. and uh, there is no competition. Yeah. Uh, it's the 16 team winning every time. Yeah. Um, you'll get the, the odd goal scored against them for sure. You know uh, they get the, the the women working hard enough and Christine you know, Sinclair. Uh, Christine Sinclair. Mm-hmm. You get someone who gets a strike, catches a keeper off their line, or something yeah. like that, maybe. But uh, I've been to many a game, both here in Alberta and in British Columbia, with that national women's team. Uh, I've worked with the national women's team back in the Evan Pellerud days and seen them play against U16, U18 teams. Yeah. And uh, it's, I don't want to say that it's never pretty. It's, it's a good exercise for the women, but the men's, right. uh, the boys' teams always win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, I think the odd time they've come close to, they might have drawn a couple of club teams at the level. Right. But if you're talking about them playing, you know, any of the more elite 16 programs in the, on the boys' side. Yeah, there is no competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I shouldn't say that. There's competition, but they're, they're never going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be clear, this isn't us foo-fooing the women's no, game. No, of course no, not. Exactly. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's, again, it's showing that it's apples yeah. and oranges. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Because right it's now, someone's types. listening, yeah. and they're taking notes. Oh, yeah, so, so Dre and D-Dub and, and JP <laughs> at FC Edmonton hate women's soccer. Not at all. So to that person, relax yourself. Yeah, because, I mean, that's upsetting. That's not the case. That's upsetting as well, because people automatically jump to conclusions just because of what you're saying. When It's not what we're saying. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Let's let's totally let's move that subject off to the side now. Let's come back to uh, a topic we had a few weeks back when we started talking about the Canadian Professional yeah. Soccer League and the possibility of that coming into play. Yeah. And uh, both Dre and JP, you were talking about it being announced in the papers. Oh, not announced. No, I think it was Anthony. Uh, was it Tutera? Tutera. Who who wrote an article? I yeah. could be wrong. Because it was I'm a crediting the wrong person. On I apologize. But this is something came out a couple yeah. days ago saying. Looking like 2018 is when this league wants yeah. to, to oh, start going. Yeah, the first phase of it. They call it the initial. They refer to it, I believe, as the first phase of this. And um, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know what that means. I don't yeah. know what that means for Ottawa. Um, I, I, I don't know. We've had this discussion before. Yeah. I mean, I think the more professional football in this yeah. in this country, the better. Oh, I agree. Um, at, at whatever level that is, because you're developing not only players, but you're also developing coaches, and you're hopefully developing referees, yeah. right? which I, is integral. I mean, no, we, we couldn't use better refs, could we? <laughs> no, no, they're perfect yeah. as they are. No, that's yeah, right. Yeah, like... Tommy is clearly offside, <laughs> yeah. wow. wasn't he? Yeah. No, clearly. Yeah. That's, that's did that come up clearly. in a video session today? Yeah. It did. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're you're right. And, getting, you know, and, and also said, facilities. Yeah. And also facilities on top of that. It, it just improves... The, the more the more accessibility is to the highest level of the game in this country, yeah. the better That's off right. everybody's going to be. And, and I That's think right. as far as I mean, you can even tie it into the national program as well. Again, uh, as JP was saying earlier about uh, young players getting to play, yeah. having playing time, yeah. with this other league coming yeah. into uh, fruition, then you're going to have a, a, a larger, uh, you know. A larger prospect of, of younger players getting to play at a top flight level. Yeah, I think it was. This would be an association run league. So with with an association run league, you know, you can set certain rules and, and mandate certain requirements for young players. So I believe it was 2005, but I might have my dates wrong. Uh, to, between 2003 2005, I believe it was um, uh, Mexico mandated that each team and. and uh, um, their top league had to have a thousand minutes of playing time for players under twenty <laughs> throughout the throughout the league. A thousand minutes wow. of playing time for all players under twenty had to had to see the field. So now that rule no longer exists, but the teams still do it because what it did was it actually taught um, um, director directors of soccer operations and team presidents and managers that you can succeed with young players when they're ready to play. Mm-hmm. So. In a league like ours that we mandate and we control, why not? Why not have rules that you have to have a certain amount of 18 or 16 to 20-year-olds this many minutes per per season? Not per game, maybe, all the time, but certainly per season. Mm -hmm. Easily done. Um, It'll get a young players playing. Why not have our elite 16, 17-year-olds playing in a CPL-type league instead of playing in a reserve team or playing, you know, even in the U.S. Development League? Well, I mean, it's funny. We just had uh, our our goalkeeper, Nathan uh, Ingham, come back on from being on loan with TFC2. Right. And a little bit of the discussion this morning about the level of the USL Pro League and yeah. how its its standard is I mean there there the attempt is to you know be as high a standard as possible but I mean like TFC had 16-year-olds playing in the league. Yeah. Much like we would have players playing in the Premier League. Absolutely. So the pace of the game might be a touch faster than the Premier League but it's the quality wasn't there. In my mind, if uh, some of the teams, don't get me wrong, because there's a ton of teams. In the the independents, in particular. So yeah. for me, if you look at if you look at the C- the USL Pro, and take it for what it's worth, uh, MLS Reserve League, and let's use it as that. If USL Pro is taken for what it is right now, an MLS Reserve League, and every team in that league is an MLS Reserve team, and that is it, mm-hmm. then I think it's a fantastic league. And it's a yeah. way for these uh, 17, 18 to 20, 21-year-old MLS players playing with every program to get Gets valuable minutes, minutes right? Yeah. Once a week, valuable minutes. Yeah. Um, fantastic. But that's where it ends for me, yeah. you know, because you have the Sacramento's and the Cincinnati's, which are, you know, which can pay a bit more money, which do pay a bit more money, which can bring in better and players. And they're all adults. They're all men that, well, that are they, basically playing on those that's teams. That's right. They're not looking to develop those teams. No. They're actually looking to win. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, so, so maybe take those teams out, throw those teams into the NASL. It doesn't even matter to me what you call the league, but our Division Two, and then you have a strong Division Two, and then Division Three, which would match what they do in some other countries. The Division Three would be essentially the the first division's reserve division. Yes. So something like that would work. That would work fine. And then if that happens, what do you do if you're the CSA? Do you allow PDL uh, Canadian PDL teams to stay in the PDL, or do you close this door to that? So the MLS teams let them do their thing. If the MLS if USL becomes an MLS reserve league. The MLS, USL teams, do your thing. You're an MLS program anyhow. See it out. You've got certain things that you're required to do in that division. No problem. But I think everybody else in this country, if we've got a CPL, then anyone else in this country needs to support the CPL. So that means no PDL, and it means no Canadian team outside of the MLS teams going USL. Yeah. And where does, does it leave any SL? Well, we're, we're our, our, uh, we we're, do our thing. And we do our thing. Because it's a different level league than, I think, yeah. we're definitely higher than the USL. And, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then, I would suggest we're light years higher. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, from a selfish point of view, I think that um, having a CPL league and allowing them to play in the Amway would be um, it would create more interest in that tournament. First yeah, of all, I mean, it seems so. like you know the teams playing in it are the ones who are really interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would create a bigger fan base for that game. I think cup competitions are such a a great thing traditionally mm-hmm. to have the you know underdog go up against the big clubs. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I think that'd be a great thing to to increase the numbers in that. Yeah. That's just a selfish one for me. Yeah, yeah, well, I agree I, with you. I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think uh, and, and time will tell. Uh, you know, in the years to come, how it's going to develop and what type of. Uh, teams are actually going to bring into this uh, Canadian Professional Soccer League. On that note, we're going to take uh, one more break. When we come back, we'll have your NASL roundup, the week that was, the week that's going to be, and all sorts of stuff that have gone on. This is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, and we shall return in a minute. You're listening to Rabbit Radio. The official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back here, Rabbit Radio Live at the First Round Sports Restaurant in downtown Edmonton. Do we talk about what everyone ordered for food? <laughs> Do we have to? Everyone knows what I ordered. Everyone knows what I Jeff switched it up today, yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. I had the Tucson salmon salad. Was it How good? was it? Did I say Tucson? I meant yeah. Tuscan. Tuscan. Uh, Tuscan. Yeah, a little bit yeah. more exotic than Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a parrot, isn't it? Tucson. Tucson is in no, that's Arizona and Tuscan. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Anyway, it was good. It was delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. No, good. I'm watching yeah. my figure. So. And uh, your beverages? You've done your two because honestly, that they were the best. Uh, yeah, the best because they were they're paid for, right? They're free. <laughs> Bastard. And did you notice yeah. I switched over to water? <laughs> yeah. It's, now it's now it's water the rest of the way through. All right. So what we got. To thank uh, first round for the, all the food and beverages today. It was uh, it's been fantastic as always. Yeah. Um, now we're into the uh, NASL in review and yep. uh, what's going on forward. So our NSL roundup right here. So let's let's slam right into it. We've missed uh, a bit of the we missed the episode obviously that uh, Dre won. The yeah. pints in. Yeah, well done, Trey. For well his, done. Uh, his guessing It correctly. did happen. Notice how I said for guessing correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll get into the review of what happened this past week in the NASL. And uh, first up, New York, Minnesota. What was the score there? Yeah, one nothing, New York. one nothing, New York. Yeah. In a game that I think we all agree that Minnesota deserved to win. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, watching some of the highlights, obviously, looking yeah. over highlight tapes. because we're. Right. Got New York coming up. Uh, there was some some definitely good play there by Minnesota. Yeah, and then uh, Carolina um, and Ottawa drawing zero zero. When that was that that was in Carolina too, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's not like Carolina, is it? Didn't well, both those like? teams. Yeah. I for me, both those teams. It's a it's a crapshoot every week, mm-hmm. and so both of them against each other. <sighs> try you try picking that one. I, I'm not, that doesn't surprise me that it was a nil nil draw. You just never know what team's going to show up, I guess. Next on the list, Fort Lauderdale Indy. It was Fort Lauderdale 2, Indy 1. Sorry, I didn't realize we were back there. I was having a bit of a nap. You were talking <laughs> Carolina, <laughs> Ottawa. <laughs> Has Indy been found out? Um, I will take yes for 100, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one Fort Lauderdale. Um, I, think, I think I would have picked that, by the way. I would have I picked that if I we were I doing it. I think I would have, too. Yeah. yeah. It's um, easy to say. It is easy, right. easy to say when you've got the scores you right in front of you there. That's right. How about uh, Puerto Rico-Tampa in a draw? Zero, zero. I'm surprised by Tampa. You know, I'm gutted for Tampa because I'm, I'm gutted for Stewart. Yeah. And uh, because, again, I, re- I really I, I like him as a, as a person. I think he's a, a great guy. And I know he's putting in good work there. They, um, you know, I think it's I think we've all agreed they gave us a bit of a twanking on yeah. their field. And, and we've, come away, we've with, come away with the result, yeah. you know. So... It is what it is sometimes, and the soccer guards don't favor you, Mm -hmm. but they have a good side. And uh, so these results are baffling. Uh, Rayo 3, Jacksonville 2. Yeah. I think Rayo's coming into their own. I think they're going to be a tough, tough match for us tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and we're recording this on a Tuesday for everybody. Yeah, oh, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine. I mean, by the time you see it, the game will be over. But we are playing Rayo tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Yeah, and I think they, they're the kind of team that is going to be dangerous on the road because of everything that's going on internally. All the I'm sure every time they're, they've got media at their training session, there's a question about what's going on with there. Are you going to be around yeah. next year? Yeah, fair what's enough. What's going on with your pitch? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Now they're on not holiday. Now they've gone on the road. They've spent an extra day in Edmonton, so they've 
gotten accustomed to our beautiful city. They've done the tours. I've took, I've taken them around, shown them the sights. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah. Just joking. Showing them um, the lights uh, on so the bridge. So I, I think they're 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 going to be a good road team for the for the rest of this year. So uh, hopefully uh, we can we can stop them in their tracks here. I think it's actually too bad. It's going to be a nice day tomorrow because I heard the owners taking half of the one owner walked away with half of their winter coats <laughs> and uh, half of their toques. And uh, I think only half the team can travel because he That's owns right. the other half of the tickets. Yeah. So. I'm not sure who's coming tomorrow night to play, but <laughs> that is um, unreal. And then, of course, the final game was uh, FCE. That would be us versus Miami. Yeah, disappointing. It was disappointing. Two 0 Miami. Um, a couple of mistakes cost us. Yeah, that. you know that's. that's about I still it. think we could have taken some. Well, I mean, if, if if our opportunities had gone in the goal instead of hitting crossbars and posts and things, or being called offside, or being called offside. That's I, right. I'm, I'm telling you, that very first goal, it would have been one nil at that point, wouldn't it? Have? Mm. Or was it, no? It would have been one. That would have been. Oh, one that one. was led. That, that was the handball that when that got the, called. Uh, no, no. But Tommy's goal. Tommy's goal would have been one one. Yeah. Well, yes. Wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So yeah. we we get that, and I think the momentum shifts drastically. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think on behalf of our refs, I don't think our refs are ever wrong here, are they? I mean, they got the same decision right. Oh, no, that was overruled. Uh, right? We got that appealed and won that, right? Yes, so, yes, yeah, so that yes, one wasn't right. Yes, yeah, so, correct. Yeah, okay, well, I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, and that's – what are your thoughts then for the, for the midweek games? Okay, so we've got Miami hosting Carolina. I, uh, Who's going first this week? Well, by it's the way? JP's I'll go, I'll go. turn, I think, to go is first. Is it JP's? I think it is. I've right. got Didn't you go first the last time? Oh, Dre did. <laughs> I went first and okay. won. Oh, okay. I'm going Miami. Uh, I'm going to go Miami as well. I, as well, will take Miami. Oh, hmm. yeah, sure, sure. I don't think it's right that By I the go way, first. I don't think I should ever go first. Why? Oh, come on. We're going to Give tie. me a break. We're going to draw. You guys are going to take everything I take. No, no, no. Not the case. necessarily. We'll see. And okay, the second game, well, we're all taking FC. Do we even need to count FC. our games? No, no. We no. all have to take FC. Or yes, FC. yes, we do. Yes, yeah. we do. Uh, and Wood anyway. And Saturday. Saturday. Well, same thing, that we're yeah. taking us. Us over, FC over, over, over New York. We're yep. taking us. Actually, every, uh, every street comes to an end, as ours just did. And we, I, and we all return the favor here. I, yeah. think, that, I yeah. think that's a good question and a good, uh, good answer. Uh, was there a question in no, there? No, I, there was a question in well my said. own head. Right. It just didn't come out, but it was in my own head. You got the Qs, I got the As. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game up, Indy, Miami. Yeah, Indy's hosting. Indy's hosting? I'm going Miami. <laughs> I've got to go Miami as well. See, uh, I jumped the gun on you. Sorry. Here, I won't even. I'll, I'll go I'll go draw. I'll say okay. Indy okay. are going to oh, try and scratch right. something back there. Okay. There you go. There you go. You're just okay. saying that so you can buy one of us a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's exactly. <laughs> Puerto Rico, Jacksonville. Soccer. Shot oh. score. Oh, does anybody it's want to go first on this one? It's in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to keep this strictly the football and say uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Two Puerto Ricos, and I'm going to go draw again. Oh. We'll, have, we'll yeah. have two Puerto Ricos and a beer. Thanks. <laughs> Next up, Tampa Bay, it's Carolina. Hosting. Yeah, Tampa's hosting. I'm going to go Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. I've got to go Tampa, too. Tampa. D-Dub, you, you've copied every single thing I've said. I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> no, it's not true. It's okay, a D-Dub, lie. D-Dub, you picked this the last one Okay, here. the last one is... Uh, OKC hosting... No, no, it's not Ottawa. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota's hosting Ottawa. Minnesota. I missed one. Yeah, Sorry, boys. Yeah, Minnesota, Ottawa. I will pick Minnesota. Well, I've got to pick Minnesota. Oh. Yeah. yeah, who's copying who? Uh, we're all going mini on this one, gentlemen. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hate saying that because of Eddie and um, Nashi and Milan. I don't like voting against those three, but well, and they're the other I Canadian club. You want them to do yeah. well, but yeah. almost, you know, want them to do well. Almost, but I'm gonna. Uh, last game in the North American Soccer League action on Saturday: Rayo OKC Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Okay, can I first get clarification on what field they're playing on before I make a? Uh, I, I'm telling you, it's a, it looked it looked on TV like a decent pitch. I didn't. I had it on mute. Didn't hear any of the commentating. Right. Didn't want yeah. to hear any of the yeah. commentating. Yeah. it looked like a decent pitch from yeah. afar. From I actually, afar. I mean, I've watched. I, I do mute it as well. I got to say, <laughs> I never listen to the commentary. Oh, I can't stand. I do it. sometimes. Yeah. Depends on where it's from. <laughs> People are muting us right now, though, so well, I mean, touche. No chance. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Because if they're muting us, they're not going to see anything. Run, run there. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. Like, yeah. Where's Jimmy? On? What happened there? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Where's their media guy? Who, did, you, did you pick one? I, I haven't pick picked. Anybody. I'm waiting. 
Yeah, he's going to copy me. No, I, I know who I'm going to pick yeah. right now. I'll point. Yeah, I'm picking Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah, almost. I'll go different. I'll go draw again. Wow. I'm taking three draws this week, boys. Yeah, I'm going that's, out that's on great. Actually, I'm impressed. I'm. Uh, I'm going to say Rayo then. I'm changing my mind. There you go. Oh, yeah. I'm going Rayo. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just this will balance things that's out right. then because we know here. we know with here. the ties he's not in on the beer at all. So this. Would Are be you the, kidding me? This is the NASL. There's guaranteed three draws every weekend. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, I didn't expect the losses I saw last weekend. So no, could be good. Could be bad. They're in stone, gentlemen. See. They're in stone. Uh, once again, if you have questions, if you want to see uh, a certain guest in particular on, if you'd like us to attempt the phone guest, which is something I'd like to try, um, we can definitely do that. Okay? Um, <laughs> thanks, both Just you inviting guys. anybody yeah, to phone in. And, you. Yeah. Just call in. Yeah. Call the office. Oh. Get call somebody. Yeah. And, and then I'll put while, my number out there. When you get your tickets from the office, um, ask a question. Yeah. Just, just say, hey, I got a question for the guys on Rabbit Radio. Can That's you get right. it to them? Yeah. Uh, that would suit me fine. That would suit me just don't, fine. As you well. know, not, not, I don't want a question like, you know, when I'm basting my turkey at Christmas, uh, you know. We'll put that over to you. Should I continue basting it? Yes. The answer is yes. Always baste. Always. That's the key to successful <laughs> turkey basting. We all successful. know that. Yeah. <laughs> the key is always in the basting. Yeah, absolutely. The key, the key is yeah. in the basting. I want to thank JP. I want to thank Andreas for this. Uh, Wonderful episode, and I have to let everyone know it's an afternoon episode. It's, yeah, we're us. doing yeah, a day we're, game this here. Is a, this is the day game. For day sure. drinking. Day drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us are, never mind, I won't even get into who's going back to work, but yeah, um, I want to thank you guys all for uh, helping me out here. It's been yeah. a slice. Well done, d See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. This is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, coming to you live from the first round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. We look forward to chatting with you on the next episode. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton.